This uh, is the biggest flex. We have boxer saved. Good reaction by boxer. And here's the right move from boxer. In boxer's favor. Boxer saved. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Boxer Saint. That was a little little taste, preview of something we've got working in the shop, kind of a introduction video, a highlights. There's some amazing music in the background, uh, some voices that you might know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a guy people like to talk about. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it, but um, yeah, it's just just a thing. Just thought you guys might want to see it, part of it, little little sneak peek. Uh, we'll keep working on that. And if you like that, let me know. Maybe we can incorporate that into the podcast some more here. Yes, Boxer Saint back with the second Boxer episode. First one went well. Uh, got a lot of positive feedback from you guys. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. I think we'll keep doing it. Lazaro loved it. You know, he, he doesn't stop talking about it. He's, you know, calling me, texting me all the time. So, hey, man, you get another episode. Uh, he asked for a private episode, which I was like, hey, that's not, it's not in the contract. But uh, I don't know. I might, might do it. Got a couple of things on the docket this evening. It's evening for me. We have uh, Nilly's Cup, the Apartment Cup 4. A lot of goings on right there. We're in the middle of it as I record this. Exactly where we're at is, let me see, it's Saturday for me. They just finished the round of six. So the semifinals are tomorrow. And then they'll have the finals on Sunday. So probably by the time this comes out, the finals will already be completed. But we'll talk about where we're at so far and what I've been seeing. We'll do another map review. We got a new map coming out, map set coming out for 1v1s. So I'll pull those up, give you guys some advice, give you my feedback on how I'd approach them. I'll do a quick Civ overview. The last one took a little long, but I, I did like the concept. And then finally, we're going to wrap up with some cheating scandals that involve a number of famous players. And one cheating scandal that includes myself. That's right. Uh, against advice of counsel, I will address the cheating accusations that have been leveled at myself, Boxer Saint. Uh, if you haven't heard of those, that's good. You're probably not running in these rough crowds. But, uh, you know, people out there talking. They've seen some of my gameplay. And I'll admit, sometimes I'll watch what I do. And I think that I'm cheating, right? And <laughs> And I was there. I was there doing it. And I'm like, man, how'd I pull that off? I'm so amazing. Um, hey, when you're this good, you just live with that. But I want to address it. I owe you guys an explanation. And uh, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that later in the show. First up, Nilly's Apartment Cup 4. If you haven't seen this, if you haven't been keeping up, this is being broadcast on Nilly's channel. It's being broadcast on T90's channel on Facebook. It's being broadcast on a lot of channels. 
They're hitting almost 15,000 viewers every day. Maybe they might have broken 15,000 a few times. Huge, huge tournament in the AOE world. Um, one of the better production qualities that I've seen. And they, they do have a lot of stats. You know, when you see a Civ matchup on a certain map, they've got people behind the scenes pulling out. You know, we've seen this matchup four times in this tournament in the qualifiers. Here's how it normally plays out. They're popping those up. They have a lot of different players coming in to commentate alongside the professional commentators. So you can kind of get uh, T90s commentary with, or T90s, I guess that would be, what do you call that? The color, color commentary. Play-by-play. T90s play-by-play. And then uh, say Jordan's color commentary on exactly what's going on, what's in the mind of the professional player. So that's been interesting. Not always the best combinations of casters and players. Not all the players are great speakers. But I mean, that that plays out into football, hockey. You know, it doesn't always translate over into the broadcaster booth. But I personally like hearing from the players what their thought process would be kind of gives me an insight into uh, the inner workings of of the top players. A huge story was the Viper. I think we could all agree he's literally the GOAT. No one's close as far as a, a comprehensive resume, what he's done in the game, even just sheer earnings. You know, the guy's miles above everyone else right now. Viper. Came out in uh, round four against Hera and round five against Leary. Dropped three straight games. 3-0, lost the round. Boom, boom, twice. After round five, after Leary beating three zip, Viper then checks himself into a hospital there in Germany. Doesn't get the treatment that he wants. Checks himself out, checks himself into another hospital. Finally gets some treatment for, I want to say, some stomach issues. Uh, is released. Comes back the very next day for the round of eight. My man's fresh out of the hospital. Still got his hospital band on. Takes Vinchester out 4-1. Looked amazing. Shows up again today playing Valesa. 4-3 versus Valesa. 4-3. This is, I want to put context here for everybody so you know what's going on. This is the Michael Jordan flu game. Whether Viper wins out in this tournament, and he's in the semifinals, right? He's, he's two series, two sets away from, from taking home first place here. Whether or not he wins, this is a man who's already the GOAT, already has an incredible understanding of our game, doesn't need this on his resume. Doesn't need a Michael Jordan flu game to make his legend go any further. Michael Jordan didn't need the flu game. But it's icing on an already immaculate cake. Anybody else, if they were in the hospital and they came back and they won, we'd talk about it. It'd be, it'd be a nice little feather in their cap. But when it is the Viper, when it is the GOAT, Guys, we're watching history. You were watching history unfold. This is a moment that we'll talk about 
forever. Do you remember Nilly's Apartment Cup 4? Viper in the hospital, coming back, two zero and 3 rounds, and beating Vinchester and Valesa. No slouches either. These are solid players. Vinchester is an incredible player. Beating four to one, beat Valesa. Valesa, four to three. Great stuff. History making stuff. I want you guys to know that. I want you to keep an eye on that. Obviously, this won't release before the series is over, but go back and watch. Check out Viper, uh, round five against Leary, round four against Hera. Look at that man and look how he shows shows up in round of eight and round of six. Um, so round round four and five are group rounds. Round of eight is the playoffs. Okay, I did. they phrased that weird. Let's see. Yeah, just history. Okay, go back, take a look at that. You don't want to miss these games. If you had to watch one set. I think the Vinchester, Viper Vinchester set in the first round of the playoffs, round of eight, that's probably an incredible series to watch. Viper looking very dominant. But also, if you watch the end, they they do a a very good job of showing the two players after a series ends. And you can also see Viper's text. Like This is not easy for him. He's pushing the limits of human physicality right now. And he's hurting. He's still in pain from whatever's going on. He's not... This was not a headache. This was not, uh, you know, give him, give him some time and all, and we move on. He's, he's hurting. He's struggling, and he's fighting through heart, spirit, everything you want to see in an athletic competition. Love to see it from the Viper. Don't know how it's going to end up. Uh, another big headline, Tato. These are spoilers. We're going to be doing some spoilers now. Tato, obviously winner of most recent Red Bull Bololo. Uh, incredible talent. Had a bye into the round of six in the playoffs. Yo came out of the round of eight and won four to three. That was an incredible set. That was going back and forth the whole time. Uh, I, I will say I missed the Valesa set. Valesa also had uh, the bye into the round of six. So both players that came out of the round of eight who didn't have a bye Yo and the Viper both won round of six and have went on to the semifinals. So don't know if that's, uh, you know, NFL playoffs. A lot of times the, the teams with the first round by don't always do that great. They've got too many weeks of rest. So maybe Tato, Valesa, maybe they just had an uh, extra day of rest, got off their game. Who knows? Who knows? Might have nothing to do with it, but that is something you see. In other sports. Uh, prediction time. I'm looking at the semifinals. I've got Hera versus Yo. And we've also got Leary versus the Viper. I think I'd love to see a Hera versus Leary match. I think anytime those two come up against each other, it's uh, you know two of the younger talents, but definitely two of the top talents. In the third round, Hera beat Leary three to two. So Obviously, Leary, uh, very competitive game versus Hera. I don't know if we'll see that. Yo was looking good. He was looking good against Tato. Um, at the same time, Hera Hera's undefeated in the in the group rounds. 
He did. He didn't drop a single set. He dropped semi games. One game versus ACCM. One game versus Valesa. Two versus Leary. Um, he three would Viper, and he three one Tato. So, uh, so Harris lost five games in the five group rounds, but won the set every time. So, I think with Hera, yo, I've got to give that to Hera. He's looking sharp. You know, I, I've said to buddies, Hera often misses that clutch gene. He's got solid mechanics, solid strategy, solid micro. Hera is everything you want in a player. But it just seems like when you get to a tournament setting, when you get to uh, this kind of a, a clutch situation, Hera drops it. It gets in his own head. Uh, he just can't, he can't pull it out. I'm going to go on record and say that's not, that's not this tournament. I think Harris matured. I think he's had a lot going on the last year. I think he pulls it together. I think he beats Yo. I think he beats Yo. I think he makes it to the finals. Leary versus the Viper. Again, I'd love to see Leary versus Hera in the finals. I've got Hera going to the finals. But you don't bet against the GOAT. You just don't. You don't bet against the GOAT. I'm going to put Viper past Leary. I know Viper's hurting. But I'm going to say Viper gets past Leary. Gets into the finals. I'm calling a Hera Viper finals. Uh, I'm trying to see if they've... they did. Obviously, they did meet up in the group round. And Hera 3-0'd him. And as I say, don't, don't go against the GOAT. I think I'm gonna go against the goat. I've got I've got Hera Viper in the finals, and I'm gonna give it to Hera. I think Hera's taking it. He looks too clean. He looks too ready. You know that group stage. He looked great. This just feels like his tournament. Feels like his tournament to lose. So there you go. We'll see. You guys will know as soon as this releases. This will be done. You guys can. Pull up Wikipedia right now. Uh, look at NAC4 and see, am I crazy? Am I a savant? I don't know. If, you, if you've been watching the tournament, join the Discord. Drop some comments. I'd love to talk about uh, what you guys saw. Some series that were really good. Definitely Tato Yo, Viper Vinchester. Those were great. Um, in the playoffs, that is. So that was that was NAC four. Great, great tournament so far. Very excited for Nelly. Haven't pulled that off. Transitioning. I know you guys look to me as obviously your one v one hero. Okay, I own that. I'm okay being that for you. So you know that sound. We're going to pull up the maps. Uh, ranked map pool still has a few days to go. But as it sets right now, I'll put my votes in. None of my votes are going to win. But as it sits right now, the new maps will probably be Baltic, Nomad, and Coastal Forest from the voting. And then the new dev picks are Bog Islands and Yucatan. Arabian Arena is going to be in there. But we all play those all the time. So let's take a few looks here. 
First of all, Baltic. Let me. Pull up the Baltic map. All visible. Boom. Baltic. I call this water arena. And here's why. With the current map, Jim, that I'm looking at, one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four. With five tiles of stone walls on one side and four on the other, I could have my whole half of the map walled off. So with nine nine stone walls, I've got the whole map walled off. Obviously not water. So I call this Water Arena, even though I think that's actually a map somebody's made. So I, I play it the same. You know, this is a fast castle map. You're not going to see a lot of feudal aggression on Baltic. I do recommend taking advantage of water. It's a hybrid map. There's a lot of food out here. You don't want to just just ignore it. So here's how I'm playing water right now. Uh, I think it's from some Dogal. Two things. One, I bought some some training videos from Dogal. He has five to wood when he plays a hybrid map. So you get your six on food. Five on wood. The next vill, number 12, he or she walks out, makes a house, and then makes a dock. By the time that's all done, you can make a fishing ship. Make three or four of those. You go up. You go up at 18 to 20 uh, villager pop. You got you to watch your population because once you get the fishing ships in there, it starts to throw off your numbers and your timings. Watch the villager number. 18 to 20 villager pop. Uh, once that goes up, four on gold, eight on wood, maybe even 10 on wood if you can afford it. They could even be on the same lumber camp. Uh, and then get yourself a second dock up before you get to feudal. Start popping out the fires. You know, send the fire straight over. Two at a time, straight over, find the enemy. And now you're into a, you should be into a, a fire race. You know, and if you want to win the fire race, you need a third dock at some point. When you can afford it with wood, get that third dock up. In the meantime, you've got four to six fishing ships just pulling in, pulling in fish, just pulling them in. And you're going to be up to castle before you even realize it. Just focus, focus on that fire. Go ahead and get those walls down. Figure out the smallest points, stone wallet, palisade wall, whatever you've got. Wall out that early aggression if there is any. And then just play fires. You play fires until you win. You can switch over to galleys later on if you want. Uh, but fire fire ships are the way to go. Once you win, patrol the shoreline. Don't let them back on water. And then start looking at a transition of something on land. You know, transport ship over, castle drop. Uh, start going into night, start going into archers, whatever you want to do. Reset your eco from there. But five on wood to open it. Six to food, five to wood, and then play the thing normal, and you'll be good. That's Baltic. Uh, I've I've had some arena strats work pretty well in here. I've got a monk rush that Captain Jow showed me. I've probably mentioned that before on the podcast. I've got a monk rush that I've used on Baltic pretty well. It uh, I avoided water on that, which I don't always recommend. 
I don't hear that sound very often. I'll tell you that much. Uh, yeah, Monk Rush worked. Uh, I've done that a few times, actually. I have a Malay uh, fast feudal where you kind of jump up quick, get the feudal upgrades, kind of do a feudal boom a little bit. I've done that on Arena. I've done it on Baltic. So even though there's water, they play pretty much the same. You could, you could do, you know, if you're a Portuguese guy, you could do a Portuguese build and get castle drop into organ guns. All right. That's Baltic. Nomad. Yeah, we've all played Nomad. I'm not going to pull Nomad up. I'll tell you, it's basically going to be the same build, okay? Except you could go six to wood from the get-go. Six to wood, not even, you know, not even six on food. Six straight to wood. If your TC comes up, build it on wood. Uh, build with two villagers. Your third villager that you have goes out and drops a house and uh, a dock and then starts taking shortfish. Build the dock on some shortfish, guys. That gets you a little bit of food coming in. You're now making, you know, you got three or four villagers queued up. Bring some sheep to your town center, especially if you don't have a boar or some deer nearby. And then you might have to switch those six woodcutters over to food for a minute to keep your town center from being idle. But juggle that for a second. You ought to be able to get a, a fishing ship out almost immediately. That's why you got the six on wood. And, and play it from there, okay? That gets you a nice, solid opening. Alternatively, you can go six on food and then five on wood after that. Play it a little safer. The food can be hard to find, so that's why you want to go to the dock early. You can get onto that, that fish that's easy to find. But, uh, yeah, play, you, you can play Nomad the same as what I just said, as what I said for Baltic, or you can go six on wood immediately. No need to talk about that. Coastal Forest is going to be interesting. I have not seen Coastal Forest with in a 1v1. I've seen it in team games, and it's a disaster. So as I pull this up, you spawn pretty close to your enemy. Like... Like 30 tiles, town center to town center. There's about 30 tiles in this 1v1. Um, there's water along the north and east sides of the map. It's really loud water, too. You hear that? Why is that so loud? All right, we're cutting that out. Anyway, there's water out there. You can, you can get a dot. You know, I'm not against the five on wood and get a dock out there. Um, I feel like these fish can become very inefficient pretty quickly, but maybe not. So that's an option. You know, send a villager way out there. Six on food, five on wood, send a villager all the way out there. Uh, the relics are along the outside of the map, you know, next to the water. So that could come into play. Big wood line in the center. I'm just thinking what I would do here. You're so close. You could drush this. You could men-at-arms this. These wood lines are going to be very easy to hit. 
both of the berries that just spawned for me in this AI are on a downward slope of a hill. So if you got archers up top, that would be brutal. You could push the berries. Um, yeah, this is going to be a, this will not be, this is the advice I'll give you. This is not a fast castle map. If you like to sit around, build up your eco, I'd probably go ahead and ban this. But if you want some feudal aggression, uh, this is one of those like almost forever feudal maps. I do think the water will be nice to take because you're going to be under such pressure at home. You should be. Uh, if you get on the water, having that extra food eco, that'll be really nice. This, the third level of that is, like I said earlier, with fires, when you go up to feudal, you're probably going to need four on gold, start sending some fires around to the other guy. At least keep them honest. So if you're on gold anyways, might as well be thinking men at arms yourself or archers. What arms? Yeah, that's what I would do. I would open archers. I'd be on water by the time I hit feudal. Seems like a very difficult map to wall. That's a long wall to get all the way across there. You went upward. I want to see what I even can. So you can wall all over the hill. You can, you can wall it if you want. That's a long old wall. All right. That's uh that's Coastal Forest. Looking forward to hear what you guys do on Coastal Forest if you play that map. I'm going to... I'll play it at least three or four times. I just want to see. I just want to see what it looks like, how it plays out. Like I said, I've not seen that in 1v1s, only teams. It's a disaster in teams. Uh, you've got like one flank and three pockets in a team game. If you're doing 4v4s, it's terrible. A lot of pressure on the one flank guy. All right, and the, de the devs threw in a curveball. The devs chose... Bog Islands. I played that in a tournament uh, or some kind of a show match last year. Pulling up Bog Islands. Bog Islands, you start on, you know, solid ground, but then right outside your town center, right outside your, your small little wood lines, uh, you have, I guess, what you call bog swamp. And then some deep water. So the bog, land units can walk through, but so can water units. And then the deep water, only water units can get to it. A lot of water buffalo floating around. So you can gather those up and and keep going. You know, it's probably some Grajara plays you could do there. This is another one where you're going to want to use that water build, okay? You're going to want to go f six on food, five on wood. Drop a house, drop a dock, start getting fishing ships out. You're going to want to play into fire ships early. When you click up at 18 to 20 vils, go four on gold and get those fire ships out there. Figure out where he's at. Demos are huge here. At some point, early castle, you and your opponent are going to have to go out and take wood lines in the swamp. One demo can float in there and, and destroy an entire wood line. So small wall, all those wood lines. Watch out for the demos from the other guys. This is a this is a chaotic map. This is if you don't like a water maps, if you don't like hybrid maps, you're not gonna like a map that is eighty five percent water, eighty five percent traversable water. So 
keep an eye out for that. Uh, something interesting I've seen from a streamer named CJ. I played him in a show match, but when I was studying him, he actually he takes demos, and he'll have demo ships patrol between two points, but he'll have like ten of them doing it. So it's like it's like a a floating minefield. So you're trying to send your ships through, and he's just got ten or twenty demo ships just just pathing back and forth, all at random intervals, no rhyme or reason about it. I like that. Um, I like that. It's kind of like having a castle, except it's like a floating castle. So use that if you think it'll help you. Anything else? I've played Cummins here pretty well. You, because you have so much water buffalo. Okay, hear me out. You have so much water buffalo. If you collect half of these or more, you know, get out and start grabbing them. If you get a lot of water buffalo, prioritize that over scouting your opponent or whatever. Pull them back. Get to feudal. Drop your second TC between the water buffalo and the fishing ships. You've got a lot of food. You don't have to invest in farms until castle or later. So what does that leave you with? A lot on wood, a lot on gold. So you can start making, uh, you can start making feudal fire ships and galleys while you're making twice the vills as the other guy and getting to castle. I've done that. It feels good. Kumans don't have the best late game water, but you'll have an incredible feudal and an incredible castle, and you can just crush the other guy. Give that a shot against the AI. See what your timings look like. Maybe run your timings against a normal sieve, not doing a cumin feudal boom. But uh, that's worked out for me. If you get a lot of these water buffalo, you get a lot of extra food. You don't need to invest in farms uh, until later in the game. The cumins, sleeper pick, sleeper pick on Bog Islands, the cumin civilization. And last map, Yucatan. I think we've all played Yucatan uh, on our own, right? Who's not pulled Spanish versus Aztecs or Spanish versus Mayans on Yucatan? I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. This is another map that's deceivingly an arena map, okay? Couple of couple of well-placed walls, and you can have half your map, quarter of your map walled off from the other guy. Uh, lots of... Lots of food. You know, I'm just looking around my, my town center. In addition to the six sheep that you start with, you have nine more within 10 or 15 tiles of your town center. Uh, you've got three boars. Boars? Boar? What's the plural of boar? I don't know. You got three of them around your town center, and you've got six deer. That is the plural of deer. Uh, so you get six deer. You know, that's a lot of food. So you can wall up. You can you can boom. You can get into. You can play a lot of castle uh, arena type strategies. I mentioned Portuguese castle drop into uh, organ guns. I mentioned the the monk rush. Some of my buddies would love to do the monk rush on this on this map. So keep an eye out for those guys. I've not played the Monk Rush here. I don't play a lot of Yucatan. But um, it's a surprisingly boomy map. Mostly because of the food and because of the easy wall-offs. So um, 
you can you can try feudal pressure here, but if if your opponent walls up pretty well, it, it doesn't take a lot to wall this map. You're going to struggle to get in. So I recommend walling, getting to castle, playing into castle pressure. That's how I would approach this map. But if you can if you can feudal it, I'm all about some feudal some feudal pressure. It's my favorite way to play. All right. That wraps up map review. Going into Civ overview, I've just got I've got Persians here on the top of my top of my my card deck. We're gonna run through Persians. All right, start off. The Persians have an extra fifty wood, extra fifty food. That's huge on nomad maps, huge on hybrid maps. <clears throat> Makes it all the easier to get that dock up. Your docks have twice the HP and your town centers do. And the work rates are increased 10, 15, and 20%. You know, feudal castle, imperial. Unique tech in castle age, the archer line can only cost wood. Um, it's, not all, it's not always as useful as it sounds. It costs a lot of wood. And they don't get arbaluster, so. Unique tech and imperial, war elephants get plus 30% speed. That's huge if you're going war elephants. It's a costly route. They do have camels. I love Persians as a pocket sieve because you get, especially in 2v2s, because you get knights, fully upgraded, fully upgraded paladin, but you also get fully upgraded camels. Uh, I like mixing in knights and camels when I'm pocket or when I'm playing calf sieves in, in team games. The camels can just push you over the edge with your, mixed in with your knights. Uh, in addition, their, their team bonus, plus two attack versus archers for their knights. In 1v1s, in team games, that's big. That makes your knights just shred archers in, in Castle Age. Big, big game changer. All around solid calf sieve for the Persians. What are they missing from the tech tree? Okay, remember, this is these are the cards that I've made to help me memorize sieves. And the best way I found to go about it is to memorize what are they missing out of their tech tree. The range, they're only missing Arbalester. Is that right? Sometimes you gotta you gotta double check yourself. Persians. That is correct. They're only missing Arbalester. Well, that means they got fully upgraded uh, heavy cab archers. Kind of. We'll go on. From the barracks, they're missing two-handed swords and champions. Of course, only ones that have that I know of that just have long swords. So their militia line terrible. Uh, they do have supplies, though, so that helps. They have a full stable, you know, paladin, heavy camel, bloodlines, husbandry, the whole thing. Siege, they're just missing siege onager. That means they're going to have bombard cannon, they're going to have siege ram. All you got to remember, just missing siege onager. They're going to have onager. Blacksmith, they're just missing bracer. bracer. So while they do have fully upgraded heavy cav archers, um... They are missing that bracer. So that's the one thing they're going to miss. They're going to miss one range and one attack. Monastery, they're missing redemption. They're missing atonement. They're missing heresy. They're missing sanctity. They're missing illumination. Uh, not great monks. You're not going to monk rush with this sieve. Two keys for the monk rush strategy. You want redemption to be able to take, take siege, to be able to take buildings, and you want sanctity for the extra HP from a monk. Uh, the plus 15 HP from sanctity 
is the difference on a monk getting one-shotted by a mangonel and the mangonel requiring two shots to kill the monk. That's big. Um, keep that in mind. So you don't want to go monks here. The dock, they have a full dock except for shipwright. So every dock tech except for the shipwright, which allows ships to be built faster and cost less wood. Um, that's an Imperial Age tech. You don't always even see that unless it's a really long game. So huge, huge docking sieve. Uh, university, they're missing a lot. Siege Engineer primarily is big. That's plus one range. Uh, and I believe plus 20% damage versus buildings for their siege units. So their trebs are going to miss a little bit of range. Their bombards are going to miss some range. They're not going to do as much damage against buildings as other Civ sieges. Uh, they're going to miss Bombard Tower, which can be big. Uh, if you get Bombard Tower in a Civ, uh, those can be really effective at holding down a, uh, a side of the map by themselves. And that's it. That's that's what we got for, for Persians. Uh, I'm not going to mention the, the Persian douche. Obviously, we know that. We know what that's capable of. It's effective. I'll say that. If you haven't tried it, that's worth a shot. And at last, cheating allegations. Big time. Huge cheating allegations in the age community. Um, handled well, I think. But here's what happened. First off, we'll start with Nations Cup. Nations Cup, every nation sends a team to play in this tournament. And I say sends, it's, it's virtual. Um, team China and Team Vietnam both were caught cheating in the same way, but they were caught differently. Uh, we'll start with Team China. What had happened was the games can be paused and restarted if there's connectivity issues or some kind of an issue. And if they're restarted, they reload that same game in a lobby. I don't know how the save game works on multiplayer, but it's apparently an option. It might push you back a minute or two, but you start the game back up pretty much where you left off. The deal is, if you do that, if you call a restart, and some countries have more difficult internet connections to the servers than others, if you call a restart, both common sense and the rules state you cannot go look at the map. So when you when you quit a game, you can click, yes, show me the map, and you can look around and see what's going on. Team China uh, had a player named Tim who did just that. There was a restart, I believe, against Team Vietnam. And Tim from Team China perused the map afterwards. Kind of got a glimpse of where villagers were at, uh, what military everybody had, what upgrades were on each unit. Got some information that he was able to carry forward into that same game when it was restarted. <clears throat> the way this was found out was Mr. Yo, currently playing in Nelly's Apartment Cup, beat Tattoo, like we said earlier. Mr. Yo saw that or knew that Tim did that, self-reported it, said, hey, this is what happened. And uh, yeah, we wanted to, to put that up for the sake of sportsmanship. Tim is serving a one-game suspension, according to the admins. And China has been giving an official warning. So because China was transparent, this is according to an admin on AOE Zone, because China was transparent, quote, uh, 
I don't, I don't even know where to, where to quote this, but here we go. Quote, the issue warrants a slightly lessened punishment. That's, that's what the admin said. I agree. That was nice. Uh, full respect for Mr. Yo and for the Chinese team for reporting that. Then you've got Team Vietnam. Vietnam A and China A, if it matters. Team Vietnam. This one is Song Song. Song Song is officially, this is a direct quote from the AOE Zone post. Song Song is officially disqualified from NC23 and any potential future fixtures of the series under this administration. In addition, the team will be deducted 15% of any potential earnings for NC23, Nations Cup 23. All players must now screen share their point of view, all Team Vietnam players, during their rematches, uh, during their matches, potentially extending to the finals matches as well. Sung Song will not be allowed to participate in the event any longer. The team understood they were already warned prior to the start of the event, and any violation of the rules would result in his disqualification. According to, I believe, Ganji on this AOE zone, Song Song and a few other Chinese, not Chinese, a few other Vietnamese players uh, have already been accused of cheating and caught cheating multiple times. Ganji was not very happy with Song Song. I'm new to this. You know, I don't have a lot of, I don't go around seeing who's cheating in our game, but this one caught my eye. Um, so here's, here's the difference. Song Song did the same thing, right? Song Song and Team Vietnam reviewed the map after a restart that they called. Uh, they reviewed the map, took a minute to look at it before starting the next game. <laughs> they did it while they were on stream. They were live streaming their point of view uh, of NC23 and actively just perused the map and just showed the whole stream what was going on. Song Song gets quite a few viewers on Twitch when he's streaming. Um, just looked around the map, clicked on enemy units. It's weird. It's very weird to hear people describe it. I did not go and find the stream to watch it, but I can, I can imagine from reading this article, this AOE zone post of, of how that went down. Um, so that was strange. Team Vietnam obviously gets a much heavier sanction than Team China. Uh, Tim misses a game. Vietnam loses 15% of any potential earnings. Song Song's out for now and forever. Um, I think there was one more thing that happened. I don't know. If I think about it, I'll come back to it. That's, that's going to that's gonna bother me now. Anyway, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Team Vietnam trying very hard. They were trying the hardest that anyone has ever tried. And that's what happened in NC23. Not not crazy. Not uh not something over the top, but was a little bit of drama that came up that I wanted to let you guys know about. Um I haven't heard of a lot of like map hacks and things in our game. So I think it's a pretty secure game, but just the format of that tournament and the ability to restart kind of creating an atmosphere potential for cheating and uh, team Vietnam took advantage of that. And finally, what you guys have all been waiting for the boxer Saint, cheating scandal yes as i said 
I was advised by counsel to not address these allegations head on, to ignore it, let it get swept under the rug, and then go about my life as if this never happened. But I can't do that. I can't do that to you guys. I can't do that to myself. I think for my own integrity, I owe you an explanation of what happened. So here we go. As most of you know, I was personally on a T90 community game. This was two, three weeks ago at this point. I've been trying to get into a community game for probably eight months or more. It's been forever. Finally got in, had a nice Friday afternoon where I could wrap up work, get into a tournament game or get into a community game. Uh, first game, like I got in, but T90 had selected one more person than he needed to for that game. So I volunteered, like, hey, I can step out. Not a big deal. And T90 said, hey, awesome. You get into the next game automatically and you'll host for us. I was like, sweet. That's, that's cool. So now I know I'm getting into a community game. I know I'm hosting. Uh, that he'd been playing Exploding Kings all all day. So I knew it was going to be Exploding Kings. So I'm watching the game going. I've got an hour and a half really to to prepare myself. I get into this community game. You can see this game on T90's channel. Uh, he titled it uh, The Legend of Boxer Saint. Oh, no, he did not title it The Legend of Boxer Saint. That would have been an amazing title. He titled it Please Don't Snipe Me Snippy. Snippy, S-N-I-P-P-Y. Please don't snipe me, Snippy. Snippy is somebody people know. He's a very aggressive community game player. Does a lot of sniping of people. Drops drops their king, snipes their king. Um, spoiler alert, he he does it. The, the From the get-go, somebody on here knew him, said, Hey, Snippy, please don't snipe me. He was Snippy's, you know, next-door neighbor. Snippy snipes him. It is what it is. Snippy's on a couple of T90 videos. That being said, uh, further spoilers here. I then go on a run and create the most insane diplomatic uh, game you've ever seen. You know, manipulating players. I told, uh, I sent a message straight to Orange and I said, hey, dude. I'm fine with that, but why would you want me to kill Orange? And Orange says, what? Who wants to kill me? And I said, oh, my bad, bro. It was Purple. But don't worry about it. Me and Green got your back. Purple never said anything to me. I was just trying to sow some distrust in Purple and Orange because, you know, they're I got to kill them eventually. So then I just leave it. Um, funny enough, Orange then tags Purple. He's like, hey, what are you? I was Till. He's like, hey, what do you think about Till? Uh, has he been saying anything to you? And Purple's just like, Purple don't want to talk. He's like, nah, I didn't really talk to him. And just keeps on playing this game. So already, so in doubt, right? Uh, I'm building up an alliance. I know in community games, you've got to build an alliance. You can't go solo. It's just like uh, Walking Dead Apocalypse, okay? You've got to have a team. You've got to have a group with you. So I start grabbing the guys beside me. And I was like, hey, whatever comes out of here, red, green, the three of us, we got to stay together and we got to, you know, hold these folks back. And they're like, cool, whatever. So they join up my little alliance. I try to recruit the next players over. Unfortunately, Snippy sniped one of them. Um, long story short, 
it gets down to me and Green, who's my ally. I'm kind of like I'm using Green as a uh, as a lineman, you know, as a running back would use a lineman. I just got my hand on his jersey and I'm pushing him through all the other bases, and I'm like, dude, he's got elephants. I'm like, dude, just take out these castles. You know, I'll score the touchdowns. So sure enough, we're just running through people. Basically two versus one, the whole map. It was incredible. A real testament to my ability as a leader, as a diplomat. Great game. Let me come down to purple. On the map, it's me, teal, and then green on my right. And then to the right of green is purple. I systematically attacked these folks top and then went clockwise. So that way we're attacking away from me and there's just people left on Green's side of the base, right? He's my satellite nation. If anybody's going to come attack me, they got to run through Green first. So we're attacking clockwise from the top down. That also let us kill Snippy because he was being kind of wild there. Um, we get down to purple. I drop a castle on the east side of purple's base where we're attacking from. On the west side of purple's base is Green. Um, purple ejects his king because he's under duress. He's dead. You know, we've, we've wiped his castle. We've wiped his ego. All he's got is this king, this exploding king. Ex- explodes like 40 or 50 tiles. So what's Purple going to do? He's going to come try to kill one of us. And who's running this show? Yours truly. You're going to kill Green, who's weak? No. You're going to want to come after me. I know that. He knows that. Purple. Everybody watching knows that. So I've dropped the castle on the east side knowing that'll force purple towards us, hopefully towards green, but probably towards me. Green and our allies, I've got shared line of sight with him. I see within like a one tile gap, I see purple's king running south of green's base, which tells me he's on the run and he's coming for me. I immediately eject my king, get him out of dodge. I have my starting scout just sitting behind green's base. Not on purpose. I just honestly forgot about him. You know, you ain't really got to, when you ally with everybody, you don't got to scout anything because you see the whole map. Didn't need him. See the king. Look for my nearest military. It's the scout. Scout goes, kills the king. Boom. He blows up quarter of my base, but my king's safe. My army's safe. Now it's just me and green. I know I'm going to kill him. I start chatting to him. You know, hey man, it's been fun. Uh, Hope everybody remembers you as I kill you. You know, we're allies, whatever. The whole time I'm scanning Green's base, looking for a flag on a castle, a flag in a tower, a flag in a town center, not seeing anything garrisoned anywhere. And I'm like, where is this king? Is he in my town center? Is he in like a castle of an ally that we left alive? Like, where is he at? And then I see him very top of the map. Just one little green dot stuck right in the top. And right when I saw him, boom, Green drops the alliance. I lose line of sight. But I know the king's up there. So he's coming for my king, too. He was looking at the same thing. So he's sending elephants after my king. I'm sending conics after his. Um, I kill his before he kills mine. The elephants are not going to catch king. Kind of why I wanted him to go elephants, right? Long, long term, he can't chase me down. I could chase him down. So that, that goes online um, during the T90 uh, live show. There was some chatter on Facebook. Like, hey, this Teal guy looks like he's cheating. How did he know about Purple's King? Purple's King should have killed everything he had. How would he know that? No, well, I play the game and I know he's going to try and snipe me for one. 
So I'm looking. Number two, I saw the king in my allies line of sight. This thing goes on, on YouTube, okay? Explodes. Where do we at? Uh, 42,000 views. Obviously, a record-breaking video. A lot of comments here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read part of one so you guys can hear what's going on. What people are saying about me and my game. Here's a fella. I think this was the guy from Facebook. Not here to accuse anyone of cheating. It's normally what people say when they're about to accuse someone of cheating. And I don't play AOE. I only watch. So that's nice. But how is it not talked about that Boxer Teal had to be watching the stream? Uh, first, his king was, was with his army. After T90 called him out, he brought him back home and commented to T90 that he saw it. Okay, I did do that. That was shady. That was shady. But I've seen enough community games to see people eject their king from a castle. And then T90 always sees it, always says, oh, no, don't do that. And then, so I knew T90 was going to call that out. It did look shady. Uh, I'll admit that one. All right, back to quoting this guy. Then Purple was running away with his king, and somehow he noticed it with his one guy at a random place in the map, and he instantly turned and killed him. Yes, that's exactly how that happened. Saw him in Green's line of sight. Had my scout down there. Lastly, he just happened to know Green was in the top of the map and sent a bunch of army up there to kill him. No, I was looking. I know the next phase of the game. I got to kill Green's king. So once I found him, sent him up there to kill him. Uh... Clearly, he was watching the stream while playing. All right, let me address that one too. The stream was on like a two or three minute delay. I finished the game, turned uh, T90's stream back on, you know, tabbed out of my game, pulled up Chrome, put in the thing, uh, and the game hadn't ended. I was still going up north to find the king, and I chased that king for probably 60 seconds of game time. So it's, it's quite a delay. I had probably killed Purple's King before T90 noticed it was running from Purple's base, I would think. Um, but he's not the only one, okay? There's a couple of other people here that are also saying, hey, this boxer guy. Oh, here's one. I really don't want to be that guy. Dot, dot, dot. If this is live, the chat timing is kind of sus. Finding kings or moving away from the army. Trust but verifies what I like to say. So yeah, another guy accusing me of cheating. Here's the deal. Was I cheating? And I'll say yes. The level of game skill that I have compared to your average player, probably that made up this lobby, I'm, I'm basically cheating just to show up. When I launch the game, I'm cheating because of I'm just a great player, okay? I can't help that. I can't change that. Is it comparatively cheating? I would have to say yes. If I'm getting destroyed by me, definitely cheating. That being said, is it technically cheating? No. Being incredibly amazing at this game, not cheating. Okay? Am I the GOAT? Am I Viper's level? I honestly can't say. Maybe not. But I don't think I technically cheated. I will say, when I execute amazing plays, you know, when I'm, when I'm closing my eyes and drilling Manganel shots just from the feel of the game, uh, when I'm in touch 
with the game so much that my micro looks like a computer's doing it. I understand. To the layman, this one guy said he doesn't even play Age of Empires. Um, people that don't even play this game hear about what I do. They see it, and they're amazed by it. So much so, they come onto YouTube and say, this man must be cheating. Um, I respect that. You know, It's a gift. God's given me this gift. I'm going to use it. Um, was I watching the stream while I played? No, was not doing that. That being said, am I incredibly awesome at this game? Yes. 100% yes. I'll admit to that in court all day long. So, those are the things that I'll admit to. And I'll fully explain what's happened, why I'm accused of cheating. And let's just put this to bed. I just don't want this hanging over us, you know, my career. We've got, we've got big things to do. I didn't want this to be a stumbling block for you guys. You know, for me, I know. I know where I'm at. I know what I did. I know what I didn't do. But for you, I wanted you to hear it from my mouth. I owed you that much. And so with that, I'm going to leave you guys. Next time around, it should be me and Lazaro. And then, you know, one other Blockers episode coming up. So, till next time. What was my catchphrase? Something like, keep your gloves up or something. I don't know. We'll work on it. Show match. Gonna get CJ with the Castle Age douche. Boxer safe. Boxer. Boxer safe. Boxer. Boxer safe. We have the biggest flex, flex, flex.